Welcome to an episode Holocaust Must Not Repeat. This podcast is recorded by me, myself, Roy, Tim, and Jack. Chapter 1 Introduction The Holocaust The Holocaust was a systematic, state-sponsored prosecution and murder of six million Jews by the Nazi regime and its allies and collaborators. The Nazis considered Jews and other undesirables to be racially inferior and that posed the deadliest menace to the Germans. The Holocaust, or as the Germans already called it, final solution, was the last step in their pathway to genocide. An atrocity played a part in the death of two out of three European Jews from the original nine million. This podcast will be threefold. Before the Holocaust, from time period 1933 to 1939. And second, what happened at the Holocaust from 1939 to 1945. And lastly, what happened after the Holocaust, this time period post-1945, which is after the war. For each part, we will answer a question. First part would be, why did the Holocaust happen? Second part would be, how did the Holocaust happen? And the last would be what happened to SS and their accomplice. Chapter 2 Why was the Jewish people targeted? To understand the Holocaust is crucial in understanding the causes of the Holocaust. Why did it happen? Well, according to Professor Peter Haynes, the question why comes up the most when talking about the Holocaust. His students often ask him these two questions. Why was the Jewish people targeted? And why did the Holocaust happen? The simplest answer one might say it's anti-Semitism. But there is more to it than just a simple answer. The answer to the first question lies in the strong anti-Semitism tradition in Europe, which predates Nazis' rise of power. The word anti-Semitism, as defined by the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum, is prejudice against or hatred of the Jews. The Holocaust a systematic prosecution and murder of European Jews between 1933 and 1945 is a prime example of anti-Semitism at play. Anti-Semitism history dates back towards the Roman Empire. Even to the beginning of the Jewish history in 18th century BCE, a 
Mesopotamia. Now, a fundamental reason for anti-Semitism is Christianity. As agreed by professor and historian such as Professor Charles Worth James, it is absolutely crucial for people to understand Christianity's part in anti-Semitism. Professor James Chaltworth even dedicated two chapters of his book in talking about the Holocaust to Christianity and his play with anti-Semitism. Christianity shares a very intimate relationship with Judaism. They share a lot of things in common. Christianity diverges from Judaism in the first century of Christian era. The two religions both face prosecution from the Roman Empire at the beginning of their history. Important savior of the Christian religion is Jesus. Jesus was raised in the Jewish land and was very familiar with Jewish teachings. He was also raised in law of Jewish people. However, the two religions share differences. The Christian having believing in individual salvation from sin through receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, whereas Jewish believe in individual and collective participation in an internal dialogue with God through tradition, ritual, prayers, and ethnical actions. They have different ideology towards subjects such as sin, love, taboo, forgiveness, afterlife, and much more. Christianity only appeared to be a majority religion at 312 AD. It was officially named the official religion of the Roman Empire. It was also at the time where the Roman Empire's Emperor Constantine converged into Christianity. However, it is also at this time where the rise of Christianity greatly increased the hatred of Jewish people. Well, you might ask why is this? Well, as stated by Professor Peter Haynes, human instinct towards foreign unfamiliarity is to attack such unfamiliarity. These minute differences will lead to tradition from Christianity that presents Jewish as benighted, backwards, and bacterial. And these records of anti-Semitism is present everywhere in Christian history. A widespread hatred of the Jewish can be found in the writings of Martin Luther, and it was an important part of the self-perception of many Christians. Even as these religions are close, Christianity viewed Semitism as a threatening outside force that would contaminate Christianity. They became seen not merely as outsiders, 
but as people who reject Jesus and crucified him. Despite the fact that the Roman authorities ordered and carried out the crucifixion, that's the most significant and accepted origin of anti-Judaism. The hate that Jewish caused the death of Jesus, their savior. Uh, these are all quoted from Professor Peter Haynes and his speech on why did the Holocaust happen. Now, by the high Middle Ages, now this is the 11th to the 14th century, Jewish were widely prosecuted as barely human Christ killers and as the devil to Christianity. They're forced to live in all Jewish ghettos, sort of like the one in the Holocaust. They're accused of poisoning rivers and wells during times of disease. Some were tortured and executed for supposedly abducting and killing Christian children to drink their blood, or to use it as baking matthoth, a charge known as the blood libel. Now this is quoting from the Anti-Defamation League. The decline of Christian belief and the growing numbers of Jews began to join the mainstream of European society. By various Christian scientists and writers set out to prove the supremacy of non-Jewish whites. The opponents of Jews argued that Jewishness were not a religion, but a racial category, and that the Jewish race was biologically inferior. So even though Nazi did exploit anti-Semitism to their advantage, it was not specifically a German phenomenon. The scientist that set out to prove the supremacy of non-Jewish whites are linked to the rise, the rise of pseudoscience and Aryan supremacy that formed Hitler's propagandas. Now, second is German nationalist anti-Semitism. Now, you have to remember. Nationalist anti-Semitism is different from Christian anti-Semitism. Before in the 19th century, religious conflict is the main reason for anti-Semitism. And it is also around the time of 1879 that the word anti-Semitism was coined by a German journalist, Wilhelm Mach. During the 19th century, the political Anti-Semitism had risen. Now, this is different because it's political. It isn't religious in nature, but born from political issues, economic factors, and more. Now, the target audience for German nationalist anti-Semitism are victims of, of Industrial Revolution and then the Bolshevik Revolution. 
which are linked to the communism and Jewish activities. These victims are replaced by machines and other technological advancement at that time. Now these people are furious, so they try to find something that will resemble a scapegoat. Now this is also a time when Jewish people got their grip on their society, they climbed their ranks into a different part of the society with a variety of job opportunities. Now, anti-Semitism of German nationalist uh, anti-Semitism is much like the anti-Semitism we face today, which is the digital revolution. Uh, their common aspect is traditionalism. They want to hold on to their jobs and ways that will benefit them the most. Now, these victims of technological advancement and the Bolshevik revolution, they, they found a scapegoat and that's the Jewish people. Now back in topic, most people agree, uh, most historians believe that the cause of the uh, Holocaust weren't actually religion in nature, like I, like I just said, uh, but political. Then World War I happened, and historians like Peter Haynes believe that this is the spark for the Holocaust. And then this is something that is very important to know that it isn't just anti-Semitism that plays a part in creating Holocaust, but actually a multiple varieties of, of causes. Anti-Semitism is the main cause, of course, but isn't the whole story. Now, Germany wouldn't have been a stage for the Holocaust. There are places that are much more anti-Semitic in Germany. Now, Peter Hang stated that it would be more likely to be France after the Dufresne affair and Taurus Russia was their pale of settlement that didn't end it till the early 20th century. Before the days of World War One, there are anti-Semitic political groups, of course, but these groups in Germany never got more than five to six percent of the popular vote. No one would have thought that it would be a major movement, a major political movement, that believing that Jewish are the cause of their unfortunate. Now the tide of anti-Semitic movement were moved because of Germany's failure in World War One. A lot of citizens were victimized by World War One. Uh, these people include Adolf Hitler, which later became the leader of Nazi Germany. Uh, after World War One, Germany uh, can see a downwards economical trend. And also 
obviously their political defeat and also shame to the German people a shame of defeat as they believe that they are superior to the other countries now these intensifying events of anti-semitism all share a common theme that is exploiting the already existing stereotypes now this leads us to a next chapter uh, why did the holocaust happen chapter 3 why did the holocaust happen why did the holocaust happen a combination of motives and pressure were in play to the cause of Holocaust. Now, one of these factors is the Nazi party's rise to power. So, how did the Nazi party get to where it were? Uh, after World War One. And after the Great Depression, when Hitler took power in Germany, only a small minority of people share the same anti-Semitism that the Nazis see. That Jew as the enemy of, of the people and a threat to Germany's very survival. When Hitler took power, that's after World War One, Germany was only a shadow of its former self. That's before World War One. Uh, the Great Empire have dissolved. Uh, so let's see what factors were at play that made. Uh, Nazis Germany's rights to power now first of all is the obvious anti-semitism a quoting from ADL the German economy have suffered tremendously Germans pride were bruised and many Germans began to notice that Jewish people has become to make good lives for themselves Simply put, Jews were becoming an important part of European society. A combination of jealousy over this and the fact that German economy weren't like their one was made it easy for many to use the Jews as a scapegoat. Second, century-old monarchs dissolved in the face of widespread social unrest such as the Russian Revolution of 1917 that led to the downfall of the Russian Tars, stoked fear of communist revolution in the middle and the upper class circle in Western society. The Russian communist rulers abolished private property and banned religious worship. They also aimed to start revolution all over the world especially Germany. Now this can be linked to Mouse, the first book of Mouse. 
page 27. It introduced Vladek's hate towards the communist ideology. Uh, Vladek also continues to reinforce that hate later on onto the book. It's also common that the police uh, are pressing on uh, communist ideologies. Communism was also a driving force that led to Nazis' um, political power. It was a fear among many people. Hitler and the Nazi power aimed and vowed to exterminate communism in Germany. Now that's three. Many Germans blamed the Weimar Republic for their nation's fall from greatness. Weimar Republic's leader weren't able to control street violence waged by armed groups of Germans on both extreme left and right. Now Weimar Republic is the republic a democratic republic uh, that that proceeds uh, after the empire? Leaders of the republic were forced to put down multiple coup attempts, while no political party was able to win a majority after 1919. Fourth. The country also faced severe economic crisis. The Great Depression hit Germany hard. As unemployment rates shot up to the 35 percentage. Now, this can uh, indicate uh, anti-Semitism rise as uh, people are looking for a blame on why they're unemployed. Uh, which is a common theme in the book Mouth. Uh, Anti-Semitism is also on a ride, indicating a social class based on rest that's brewing and is finding a target in the Jews. Uh, these variables play a significant part in making Nazi the political group in power. Now what is a Nazi? What's, what does Nazi stand for? Nazi it's a shortening for National Socialist which is an extreme right political ideology that pushes for a state rule by a totalitarian government. Nazi are very much similar to Italian fascism Nazi an idea of National Socialists came from uh, Italian fascism. However, National Socialists is an extreme form of right ideology, uh, more extreme than even the Italian fascism. Now, citing from the Encyclopedia Britannica, National Socialism is emphasizing the will of the characteristic dictator as the sole source of inspiration of a people and a nation. The Nazi unified the nation in a way of pointing their fingers. They directed everybody's anger and hate uh, towards the Jews. 
they did that in order to unify the nation. The Nazi party was also very good with manipulating with fear. With fear, he transformed the Weimar Republic into an empire. Fear of Jewish people, fear of communism, fear of the corrupted Weimar Republic, and fear of economical crisis. It is very similar to Star Wars, in which Emperor Palpatine uh, transformed the Galactic Republic into an empire. A fear were used to grant him unchallenged power, much like Hitler. On January 30, 1933, Adolf Hitler, leader of the Nazi party, was named Chancellor of uh, Germany by President Paul von Hindenburg after the Nazi party won a significant percentage of the vote in the election of 1932. The other party thought they could restrain the Nazi party by electing Hitler as their Chancellor. However, the Reichstag fire changes everything. The Reichstag fire burned down the parliament building of Germany. On Monday 27 February 1933, precisely four weeks after Adolf Hitler was sworn in as the Chancellor of Germany, Hitler's government stated that a communist was a culprit. He used that to gain unchallenged power that to root out his political enemies and other people that he despised. Around the time of 1939, Hitler's supporters, Nazis, grew significantly compared to their population in 1933. Some of which are diehard fanatics who will do whatever Hitler wants to do. And that includes what Hitler promised to do with the Jews, as uh, taking them away. And you might ask why? Why is this the case? Well, Nazi propaganda and changing norms and laws eroded the order pre-Nazi ties uh, teaching from Christianity or leftist anti- uh, Nazi political beliefs were mostly eroded away, especially in the absence of a public expression of opposing view under a Nazi dictatorship. The Nazi party was very successful in transforming people with just thoughts of anti-Semitic views into rash irrational people was empowered to do uh, atrocities such as the Holocaust. Uh, this can be linked to Mouse, uh, page 37 of the first book, uh, quoting, When it comes to Jews, the Poles doesn't need much steering up. Uh, you can see uh, 
anti-Semitic views uh, exist everywhere, not just in Germany, but at Poland, where the quote is taken from. Nazi propaganda is such device that is used to transform the mind of people by reinforcing the already set discrimination towards minorities such as the Jews. These propaganda are very useful in transforming people with already set anti-Semitic thoughts. Now there's a quote by Hitler of propaganda. It's in his uh, My Struggle. The purpose of propaganda is not to provide interesting distractions for biased young gentlemen, but to convince. And what I mean is to convince the masses. But the masses are slow moving, and they always require a certain time before they are even ready to notice a thing. And only after the simplest idea I repeat thousands of times will the masses finally remember them. Nazi Germany's tactic on propaganda is just like Hitler's quote repetitiveness and quick, easy accessibility. Now, this can be linked to Jojo Rabbit. In that film, Many kids are exposed to repetitive amount of anti-Semitic ideas and hate towards the Jewish people. And as you can see with Jojo, the idea of anti-Semitism is reinforced in his mind. Uh, it's very successful in that case. In addition to the tactic of repetitiveness, the Nazi also used the theme of struggle in their propagandas. Quoting from the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum, the Germans were constantly reminded of their struggle against foreign enemies and Jewish subversions. And I'm emphasizing the word struggle. Struggle is a Catholic concept. A concept closely bonded to the start of Catholicism. Now, quoting from the Revised Standard Version of the Bible, uh, Roman chapter 5, verses 3 to 5, without struggle, without hardship, we cannot grow. End quote. Christian ideology of struggle and hardship is used by the Nazis to make Jewish people seem like a challenge to overcome. A necessary step to achieve afterlife. A census in May 1939, six years into the Nazi era, indicates that 54% of the population considered themselves Protestant, while 40% considered them Catholic, and only 1.5% considered them atheist. Furthermore, the Nazi state transformed the churches, Protestant churches, there are originally 12 in Germany into one named Positive Christianity Church. These are churches that promote National Socialist. The German film industry at the time 
are also controlled by the Nazi party. Films such as The Eternal Jew portrays Jews as wandering cultural parasites consumed by sex and money. Other films, such as Triumph of the Will, target German nationality and pride. The same story can be said with films such as Festival of the Nation and Festival of the Beauty. These films promote the successes of the Nazi regime and their successes in 1936 Berlin Olympics. In the field of education, Nazi ideologies was also ingrained in the minds of children. Their curriculum promotes discrimination towards minority and indoctrinating the youth to serve the Nazi regime. In the hallways, students listen to political speeches from the Nazi Germany. By 1939, out of the curriculum, youth involvement with organizations such as Hitler Youth and the League of German Girls reached 90%. Even as Jojo Rabbit portrays education aiming to discriminate Jews in a very satiric form, it is comparable to the education German kids got at school. The United States Holocaust Museum also expressed how the newspaper was controlled by a state, and so was the radio. Newspaper were released as free uh, to the public, and radio was made very accessible. The government sent out radios that only have one channel on, and that channel would be full of Nazi propaganda. Now, these propaganda we discussed is so tightly connected with the average German citizen life, many will consequently be influenced by the political media. These uh, constant propaganda and other forms of propaganda made German people numb towards the government's actions. So when the Kristallnacht and the Nuremberg Law happened, there were little to no resistance from people. Most looked the other way when the German authority acted on these uh, laws. Now, there's also one factor that we haven't discussed, and I believe that's the most important factor when dealing with individuality of the German citizens towards Holocaust. Now, this factor is a social psychological factor of people. One part of that factor is fear. Now, first, fear can be the fear of the government. Very early towards the Nazi regime, Nazi authority punished people speaking out towards the government. Other political parties trying to disavow their government. The government also cracked down towards the fourth estate, the media. This aggressive attitude from the government was also the same for the places that Nazi Germany occupied. Fear can also be fear of society and their judgment. And fear or and also be a fear of communism and communist, which is very prevalent during that day and age. 
Now, second factor can be gain. Uh, Jewish people, a lot of them, are taken out of their jobs. That opens up uh, spaces for employment. And also, the advancement in social hierarchy. A lot of people joined the Nazi party uh, wanting to advance in their social hierarchy. And also reduce competition due to the lucration of Jewish-owned businesses. This can also be seen in the book Mouse and also the movie Pianist. Uh, many businesses owned by the Jewish were forced to shut down. These businesses were taken by the government. This is very relatable to the American uh, politics we can see now, where people uh, vote for the party that benefits them the most without actually learning what the party stands for on issues. And third would be just trying to fit in. Uh, like we see in Jojo Rabbit, Jojo don't really understand what Nazi stands for. He was just trying to swim with the tide instead of swimming against the tide. And this goes for a lot of people and not just kids. Uh, people are trying to not go against the government. They're trying to fit in with the group. And this makes up a large part of uh, German supporters. Now lastly, to answer the question of why did the Holocaust happen, we analyze the motivation of the Holocaust into two broad categories. First, cultural explanation, including ideology and anti-Semitism. And second, social psychological pressure, such as fear of communism, fear of living job, fear of Jews. The aforementioned information are credited to the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. I would like to end this note with the Reichstag speech from Hitler. January 30, 1939. The people of the earth will soon realize that Germany under National Socialism does not desire the enmity of other people. I want once again to be a prophet. If the international finance jury inside and outside of Europe should succeed in plunging the people of the earth once again into a world war, the result will not be a bolshevization of the earth and less of Jewish victory, but the annihilation of Jewish race in Europe. With this, he started the Holocaust, an event that in 1933, approximately 9.5 million Jews live in Europe, comprising 1.7% of the total European population. But little more than a decade, most Europe will be dominated by Germans and his partners, and the majority of the European Jews, two out of three, will be killed.
So now I'm going to talk about the chapter four. How did the Holocaust happen? The Second World War provided Nazi officials with the opportunity to take more radical measures against them under the pretext of the threat posed by Jews to Germany. After the occupation of Poland, the German authorities restricted Jews to the ghetto, and later expelled thousands of Jews to ghetto as well. In Poland and other parts of Eastern Europe, thousands of Jews died in a Terrible environment of slums. So, in late 1941, Nazi officials opted to employ an additional method to kill Jews, one originally developed for the mercy killing program, stationary gas chambers. Between 1941 and 1944, Nazi Germany and its allies deported nearly three million Jews. From areas under their control to Nazi-occupied Poland, the vast majority were sent to killing centers, often called extermination camps, meaning at Auschwitz-Birkenau, where they were murdered primarily by means of poison gas. Some able, some able-bodied Jewish deportees were temporarily spread to perform. Forced labor in ghettos. Forced labor camps for Jews were concentration camps in Nazi-occupied Poland and the Soviet Union. Most of these workers died from starvation and disease, or were killed when they became too weak to work. In the comic book Mouse One, Chapter Four, it said that Jews are ordered to report to the stadium. For registration, but people are suspicious of a Nazi plot. Ultimately, almost everyone just show up at the stadium for fear of what would happen if they don't. There are perhaps thirty thousand people at the stadium. Jews are told to line up and approach the tables to be registered. The elderly families. With many children and people without work cards are sent to the left, while men of working age are being sent to the right. Vladik was spread to the left. Vladik's father is also sent to the right. Real realizing this, Vladik's father sneaks over to the left to be with his daughter, and none of them are heard from again. You know, maybe ten thousand people are sent to sent to their deaths. From the stadium, the largest killing killing center was Auschwitz-Birkenau, which by spring 1943 had four gas chambers in operation. Since the Auschwitz main camp Auschwitz One was a labor camp, Jewish prisoners arriving at the Auschwitz complex faced the selection process. Those judged best. Able to work were selected for labor, while the majority of the transports were sent immediately to death in the gas chambers. At the height of the deportations, an average of six thousand Jews were gassed each day at the Auschwitz II Birkenau killing center using a kind of gas. 
By 1944, over a million Jews and tens of thousands of Roma, Poles, and Soviet prisoners of war were killed there. That's a lot. That's not a small number. In fact, many innocent Poles were also killed by the Nazis. The Poles, like the Jews, are considered by the Nazis to be untermenschens, which means is subhumans. I think that's definitely、uh, discrimination to these kind of people. To be extinguished, the goal of Operation Tannenberg was to identify the members of Polish middle class, public officials, scholars, actors, and murder them. There's an action against the Polish intelligentsia in the area of Poznan. About two thousand Polish intellectuals, public officials, were murdered. It is estimated that the SS and the police deported at least 1.3 million people to the Auschwitz camp complex between 1940 and 1945. Of these deportees. About 1.1 million people were murdered. The best estimates of the number of victims at the Auschwitz camp complex, including the killing center at Auschwitz Birkenau between 1940 and 1945, are there are about 1,095,000 Jews deported to Auschwitz and 90,960,000 uh, died. And there's a there's non-Jewish Poles, Roma, Swedes, prisoners, and other nationalities. And there's a huge number of people were died. During the Holocaust, concentration camp prisoners received tattoos only at one location, Auschwitz. Incoming prisoners were assigned a camp serial number, which was. Sent to their prison uniforms. Only those prisoners selected for work were issued serial numbers. Those prisoners sent directly to the gas chambers were not registered and received no tattoos. Calculations and this ca these calculations、um, they turned out. 
as their Jewish coming in will be more than the Jewish coming out. Uh, and so they started these programs. Okay, so let's talk about Auschwitz 1. Let's talk about the Auschwitz 1. Auschwitz 1, the main camp, was the first camp established. Mm, and the construction began in April 1940 in an abandoned Polish army barracks. In the suburb of the city, SS authorities continuously used prisoners for forced labor to expand the camp. During the first year of the camp's existence, the SS and police cleared a zone of about forty square kilometers, which is fifteen point four square miles, as a development zone reserved for the exclusive use of the camp. Then on May 20, 1940, the first prisoners arrived at Auschwitz. The transport cons consists of some 30 German inmates categorized as professional criminals. The SS had selected them from the Sorschismus, a concentration camp outside of Berlin. Less than a month later, on June 14, German authorities in occupied Poland deported to 728 Polish prisoners from the prison in Tarnow to Auschwitz. This was the first of many transports of Poles to the Auschwitz camp. Like most German concentration camps, Auschwitz one was constructed for three purposes. The first one is to increase real and perceived enemies of the Nazi society system and the German occupation authorities in Poland for an indefinite period of time to provide a supply of forced laborers for deployment in SS-owned construction-related enterprise to serve as the site to kill small targeted groups of the population whose death was determined by the SS and police authorities to be essential to the security of Nazi Germany. Like some concentration camps, Auschwitz one had a gas chamber and SS uh, energy, uh, energies construct a gas chamber in the basement of the prison block, block 11. Later, a larger permanent, permanent gas chamber was constructed as part of the original in a separate building outside the prisoner compound. At Auschwitz 1, SS physicians carried out medical experiments in the hospital. They conduct suit do scientific research on infants, twins, and drafts, and perform forced sterilizations and castrations of adults. Well, the best known of these physicians was SS Captain Dr. Joseph Mangala. I searched this guy on a website and I found out that actually he was a uh, he was a 
uh, studier, and he has very high qualification on his study field. But later, because of the Nazi propaganda, um,、mm, he joined the Nazi, and he became very very crazy. So I have a question here. Do you think they did things in Auschwitz? They have done so many abnormal studies. From my perspective, I consider these experiments are against human humanity. In nowadays society, nobody can do this kind of stuff. Jews were not treated as human in Auschwitz. So now I'm going to talk about the SS and how they end after the World War Two. The SS was established by Henry Kimmler, which subordinated the security police. The security police was in charge of the state criminal and political investigation, dealing with communists and Jewish people. Within the SS, there's death head units. In charge of the concentration camps, including famous camps、uh, in Europe such as Dachau and Auschwitz-Birkenau, the SS was the executor of the final solution. During World War II, 1.2 million prisoners died in the concentration camps, excluding 80,000 of them killed in the gas chamber. Around 35,000 reportedly died in the last five months of the war. These were caused by the neglect of starvation and disease in the camp. Moreover, the SS guards and officers shot and hanged thousands of prisoners to prevent any of the prisoners falling to the enemy's hand alive. All prisoners in the camp located outside the Reich were transferred to camps in the inner territory of Reich by train, trucks, and march. They call it the Death March. As what was shown in the book mouth, prisoners of war were forced to line up and march a long way on foot. Anyone who was sick, too exhausted to march, and wanting to escape were shot immediately. People who were responsible for such a crime of genocide must face the trial of justice, according to the international law. How the Nuremberg trial of two persecuted prominent members of political, military, judicial, and economic leadership of Nazi Germany, four men in the accused of Nuremberg trial have a direct connection with the Holocaust. They are Hans Frank, the law leader of the Reich; Wilhelm Frick, Minister of the Interior, also co-authored the Nuremberg Race Law; Hermann Göring, the only original head of the Gestapo; Ernest Kaltenbrunner, chief of RSHA, in charge of the intelligence service, secret state police, and criminal police. The head of SS, Henry Himmler, suicide on May 23 after he was arrested by British Army. These are the leaders of、uh, the final solution, and about the special executors, they also faced trial in Europe.
In Poland, members of the Auschwitz-SS garrison stood trial from 1946 to 1949. About 1,000 people suspected of committing war crimes at Auschwitz charges were brought against 630 people, including 21 women. The Supreme National Tribunal sat in Krakow for a second important trial, known as the Auschwitz Garrison Trial. Of the 40 men indicted, 23 were sentenced to death and 6 to life imprisonment. Other trials were held between 1946 to 1953 between regional viewership and special courts in Katowice, Krakow, Sweden, Lewis, Rasport, Sosnovic, and Wadwitz. The most common sentence for lower-ranking member of the Auschwitz garrison were three years in prison and four years. Death and life sentence were relatively rare. Though the Allies liberated Europe and brought SS to trial, some of the SS officers still fled to South America by the end of the war. By examining secret files from Brazil and Chile, discovered that as many as 9,000 Nazi officers and collaborators from other countries escaped from Europe to find a sanctuary in South America countries. Brazil took 2,000 war criminals. 1,000 are in Chile. The country that took most Nazi criminals is Argentina. Argentina has thousands of German immigrants. Though Argentina remained neutral in most of World War II, it has a relationship with Nazi Germany. At the end of war, Argentine President John Perrin ordered diplomats and intelligence officers to establish the escape route called Red Lines. Through the port of Spain and Italy, smuggled thousands of SS officers and Nazi party members. President Perrin also recruits the Nazi military and technology officers to assist them in the Cold War. Antonio Cagliano, the Archbishop who sent the message that Argentina and other South America countries are willing to receive and provide shelter to Nazi members who are facing persecution. War criminals cross the Atlantic with passports stamped with Argentine tourist visa issued by Red Cross. According to Alios Hudal, the bishop in Rome, but also the assistant of Nazi criminals, it was he who provided the fake identification documents to obtain the passports from the Red Cross. In South America, still many Nazi criminals haven't faced the trial of justice. One of the most famous Nazi criminals, Walter Rolf, who created mobile gas chambers, he lived in Chile under the protection of dictator Augusto Pinochet and died in 1984. But there are some people still tracing the Nazi criminals in South America. They were called Nazi hunters. The famous organization is the Mossad, the Israeli intelligence service. 
they captured Adolf Eichmann, the architect of the final solution. He was found guilty after four months trial in Jerusalem and received the only death sentence ever issued by an Israeli court. He was hanged on May 31st, 1962.